shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. Hallelujah. And today we're going to be dwelling into the scriptures. 
Second uh, Peter chapter one. Uh, this line of ministration. I would say it was from last Saturday. Last Saturday, uh, we zeroed in on faith, hope, and charity. And then Friday, yesterday, in the Bible study, we began to open up more about the cause in Christ. We started from Ephesians chapter 2, talking about the cause of this world. It was in cause, it's really C-O-U-R-S-E, school. So it says when in time passed, you went to school in this world. So you went to school, means you have learned something. So then later in that verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2, it now says, ye are God's workmanship. It means after you are born again, God will not have to enroll you in another school. So don't be a dropout in God's school. <laughs> you know, people who drop out at high school, they don't really, if you get me, yeah, they are like, you know, they, they will later regret why they dropped out in high school. You get me? So don't drop out in school, God's school. God's school, you need to finish your degree. Christ. Eh? Then if you want to do masters and PhD, Father, everlasting life. <laughs> we call it perfect light. Again, your thesis was the perfect. We also defend your <laughs> you have to defend your excellency. You get me? In the realm of the everlasting. <laughs> Amen. So we are enrolled in school. Amen. Sometimes the enemy can play tricks that you know the, on the body. That the body should be doing too many things and not enroll in school. Whereas, while you were in the world, you were full-time enrolled in school. But now that I got born again, they will not deceive us that, no, you don't need any school, don't worry, I born again, just do things. <laughs> just begin to do things for God. And I said, no, God proved it in Martha and Mary's story, did he not? He says, Mary has chosen a better task, one thing is needful, she has chosen it, and it shall not be what? Taken from her. Amen. How many things are needful? One thing, that what Jesus said? It shall not be taken from her. Although the other thing, what he need for it means substance. He also will appreciate food. I bet you yet after the administration. Do you get me? That matter cooks. But last week, what, what do we call those things? Nothing. Do you get me? Though they, they are useful in the body. They have use in the body. But in God's definition, it's still called, and you see why he called it one thing is needful. That one thing is needful means that what Mary was doing is what is actually substance in the spirit. Is incorruptible, it faded not away. What Martha was doing was useful to the body. But what? But in the spirit is useless. Amen. But it was useful in the in the arrangement. You know, there's some things you need to do, you know, just to keep keep the thing going. Not so. Church must run, but not so. And then church must have oceans and choir. <laughs> technical. Are <laughs> you seeing that? Although Jesus does say technical is needful. He said one thing is needful, but are you seeing what the realm I'm talking about? Is the realm that spiritual substances is the thing that is needful. But Jesus, God knows that there are things that we need to do to keep service going. 
And that's the reason for the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit is to keep service going. God anoints ministers. God anoints people to whom be ushers. Do you know God anoints some technical people? The way I see what they do, I know, man, it's not just... <laughs> we tried this morning. Imagine this one like my master was here. I won't be having any trouble. <laughs> God anoints people. Gifts of the Spirit. But at the end of the day, when push comes to show, when God wants to call something something, He doesn't call those things anything. He begins to call something something when you are engaging Christ. When you begin to engage faith, hope, and charity. And that's why we are still going to be visiting in new lights this morning. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we ready this morning? So, uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get uh, Rashi and Fini to come five minutes and teach us last week's message. It's not that it wasn't copy right now. Okay, let me use the mic. Let's take the mic up there. Give us a recap. If you like, you can pull up your diagram. Diagram I left at home. Ah. But from the Yes, last week's topic was about exploring Christ. Mm-hmm. So we had, um, come on, we had, uh, we had like, the person had given us to draw the mountain. So there's the foundation. Uh, the foundation is faith towards God. That, not the, that's the base, the foundation on which the mountain will, will be upon. So meaning, life being built on the foundation of God, right? And from there, the first day on the mountain was uh, faith towards the sun. Faith of the sun. Sorry, faith of the sun. During that period, we were talking about um, when something and nothing, how can you, how can, like, faith, faith towards God gives us the, the something, sorry, the, the like, fruit of the, the gift of the spirit. Uh, which, which, in God's perspective, is is um, is nothing, but it's but faith of the Son, which is which is which will take the root of Galatians to train is the faith that will advance faith. So the faith which we are supposed to live here presently, right? Because in the Old Testament, it was faith towards God. That's what the people of Israelites and um, that was present in that dispensation, but in our current dispensation to the New Testament, to the New Covenant, is upgraded faith, which is faith of the Son. From there, we move on to the teaching was um, hope. Yes, the hope aspect, right? Um, that be First Corinthians 13. Um, that's hope. I do not know much about hope. Then after hope. Uh, but I think we hope to, to live here on earth. 
We look up to desires, spiritual gifts, right? Then after hope, we have uh, charity, which is love, which is the ultimate, right? Because God is love. Then from charity, the, other, the tip of the mountain, the tip, the peak, which I remember is the, uh, I call it the um, mountain top experience. That's the tip. I think that's the excellent, the excellent way of the Fullness of Christ. Um, 
live on the Lord. Hallelujah. I like that statement that faith towards God is like the a foundation that will help move you to faith of the Son of God. Why? Because it will develop trust. It will build trust between you and God. So though, you know, it may sound like the Bible calls it nothing, but really, it's something, without that nothing, without that operation of seeing, seeing ephemeral things being produced, sometimes you are it's difficult or you are sluggish in developing into living by the faith of someone. But you have a question? Yes. So, um, sometimes, you know, it's a, there's a way God operates. Um, there are some people that God has watched them that if you let them stay too much in their faith towards God, lost the coming. So, He would um, train them in a way that they won't put it to use too long before He now starts balancing them into faith for living. Do you get it? So, some people you see that they use it, they use faith towards God for a long time. Yeah? Because of the way Holy Ghost has calculated their journey and they have seen the work that needs to be done in them. And you let them use it for a long time. So you, uh, but even when you are in the faith of the Son, sometimes you still need a ephemeral thing. Yes, yes. So it's not that you now say, uh, hey, when I'm in faith of the Son, I don't need anything anymore. Yeah, exactly. Hungry. You will be hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get what But there's a way you handle it. You are doing more maturity, more judgment. Yeah. So much that you are lost because it's not coming in that realm. Do you get it? So you can be believing God for money, but the attention you pay to it when you are in faith of the Son is not the kind of attention you used to pay when you didn't feel, you, you didn't know that there's more. Do you get it? But now that you know that there's more, you can put faith towards God to work. Eh? But the way your heart is, is conformity. Do you get it? Do you get what I'm saying? Aha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, oh, before brackets, you have to, you know? So it's 
it's still, still there, and sometimes you need to remind yourself of it, or sometimes you just need to equip you with it. Yes, and um, let us be humble enough to pick it up, learn it, and move on.
Now, so the Lord God bless you and keep thee, cause his face to shine. Shine, are you seeing, like when the sun is out at noonday? Do you not, you are not yet. Thousands of miles away, you feel the heat, you feel the energy of the sun. Hear me. So God's face is like a sun that from far away, you are not going to reach the throne region. You are already feeling the energy. I don't know if I'm communicating. You are already feeling the energy, and that energy is great. And the, 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 the problem is that God has too much energy. That's why, imagine if you are millions of miles away from God and you are feeling the energy. If I just got born again, I just keep very far in terms of distance of content and you are already feeling the energy. <laughs> it means how much energy does it have? <laughs> A little bit less. Thank you, sir. The thing is, he's looking for who to give it to. It's pumping. You know, Genesis is walking two for seven. It's pumping grace, pumping grace, pumping life, pumping life, pumping energy. I'm looking for who to give it to. But then, as he's looking for him to give it to him, he, he, he began to check that. And he has seen that if he gives it to some people, they will use it to be an enemy. So he now has a law. What is the law of how he gives it? He resisted the proud and gave grace to what? To the humble. So it means 
that you take a proud man not to believe in him. Mm. That Jesus is that is love. You know how Jesus came? Jesus came as a low guy, born in a manger. Learn of me, I am meek and lowly in heart. Anybody who is proud, who hears about Jesus, will resist to us. <laughs> God did it. God is too wise. God is what? God is too wise. When he brought his love, he brought a meek being. He brought someone who is low. That he was now the law. Anybody who hears about Christ and looks at him, what is that? He's born in a manger. Don't die anyhow. I beg, leave me. That is the thing. That's it. That means you just lost as he leaves you. <laughs> Never has taken life. <laughs> and the life has gone. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah. I remember, so, I think I was remember giving the testimony of one woman that Kenny Hagin saw or seen her in the spirit. Uh, she was the minister's wife and went into all kinds of things because she was tempted and evil spirit. And she, she had gone far, gone far, gone far. Then finally, God has sent ministers to her. Knowing that she was a minister, like she used to get the Holy Ghost, so she knew when Holy Ghost would come. So finally, the Holy Ghost now came. Holy Ghost was always there, but finally, the Holy Ghost said that I can, you can stop. I come back. I can still save you. You know what she said to the Holy Ghost? No, I don't want you. What happened after that? She died. The light went off in her. That's somebody who, there's no one saved forever saved. That's somebody who was born, who killed, sent the Holy Ghost back in. If you send the Holy Ghost back in, he's the one who made your spirit born again. If you send the one who gave life to your spirits away back in, what happens to you? You go back to where you were before the Holy Spirit came, then you are born again. What was her problem? She had got into a place where she was proud of where she was at. And then Hagen was not trying to intercede for the lady. Please, Jesus, is there no anything you can do? Is there no anything you can do? Is there no anything you can do? <laughs> Jesus said, There's nothing I can do. He said, There's nothing I can do. Then finally, the last one now says, But. My father, there's something he can do. And when I began to think about it, when they say rich father, his father who, like I father is a bit brutal when he wants to, if he, he wants to show somebody mercy, father gets brutal with mercy. I remember the testimony too of one, uh, I think it was true, Kenny Higgins as well, of one minister of the gospel that God called him for into ministry. And that ministry was a very important thing, probably where it was, that people would have been dying if he did not do it. Because today it doesn't like all those, doesn't like the Mahala, the struggle, the, the stress of pastors and all the issues and all the things that are not doing. He said he vowed he wasn't going to go into ministry, there's nothing else I can do, he's not changing his mind, he's not going to ministry. So God waited, every time God will be, every time he's praying, you know, just as a great guy, God will be bringing it to his memories. Yeah, after yeah, after yeah, after yeah. So I guess maybe it was Christ, Jesus that was going to bring it to the members. After some time, Jesus will pass the keys to the Father. <laughs> <laughs> what to say after the Father? <laughs> it's another business. 
They had six children. After all the many ones, one went. He was still resistant. He was still on the principle. Number two went. And it's not just me. After many years, you get the one. By the time the third one was sick, oh my goodness. <laughs> Because he knows what was going on. This is, I'm just talking about, I, this is, before he gets there, Jesus must have tried everything. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, what am I saying all of that? Proud, 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 proud. He giveth grace to the humble. He giveth grace to the humble. Proud. They must not find that standing up in our souls when God is coming to give. I believe this is a season where God is coming to give some things. He giveth grace to the humble. And excuse me, what did I say? How does how does he give the grace? Can someone help me? How does he give the grace? We just read it. Through the knowledge of God. You get me. Through what? The knowledge of God. Am I communicating? So do you know this is this is our final lines. Do you know a lot of people make a lowly in heart? Now do you know how like you know you can be learning Christ for years? After a while, you can be a little pride in your humility. <laughs> And the grace covered by knowledge. So a time can even come where I don't know how to put it, but where you may be so humble in that ah we are still a working progress that you will not receive the grace that is coming in the hour. Amen. You may not receive the knowledge that God is bringing. Or it could, that could be one at one extreme. The other extreme could be, oh, I know it all. What is it? Let me just go on here again. This is the fellowship we are at. And let's sit down. Let's, what do I have to say? Let's open by First Peter. I know it's going to First Peter. I know after that it's going to go to Ephesians and Romans chapter 1. We know it already. <laughs> <laughs> He will pass you by. He given grace. There are every dimension of grace. We know grace is in levels. They say, he said, oh my God, let's read it. Grace is in levels. Let's see how God builds anything. Zechariah chapter 4.
cannot do something. But you always have the sorrow. It's just because the will follow me. I don't worry. If if I you play as well, there's no sorrow. Check it. One year, this is coming. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. We serve a good God. Amen. Verse 2 Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3 According as his divine power hath given unto us how many things? Hey. That pertain to us? Life and godliness. What else do I need again? All things that pertain to life and godliness through what? Knowledge. Are you seeing this knowledge again? So, you see, we need more understanding. So, we will not be sluggish with the knowledge of God. When knowledge is flooding, amen. Why you were in the world, we are not sluggish, you? Hmm? We were sharp. We're sharp boys, that's all. <laughs> but when we get Christians, that's the best this possible yet. <laughs> if you know what you handle every time you get knowledge, every time you access, but every time you come for a meeting, every time you listen at home, every time you study your scriptures by yourself at home, if you know what you are getting, you will not be sluggish with the with the, with the operation. You will not be sluggish with the commitments. You are getting access to all things. Those things that are making you want to run up and down and be sharp about. It's here you get them. Now some may ask me, how does, how does knowledge what connects to bread that waits? Mm. I will answer you. Let's see John chapter 1. Verse 1. In the beginning was the world, and the world was with God, and the world was the same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3 now. All things. How many things? All things were made by who? So if you get him, the world, the knowledge, what have you got him? Yeah. Access to all things, power behind all things, upholding all things by the word of his power. The only difference is that what is what is now done to us really damage our minds is that until we actually are holding on the all things tangibly, we will not believe that we have all things. Some people see this believe that's the lie. Some people until they have they can open TV accounts. We passport, one million dollars is there, they are seeing it, and they'll be checking it out. Maybe they your mother, five minutes, and they just to check it, make sure that that will be sorry. Until the reality lands, they are not satisfied that they have all this yet. <laughs> they are not satisfied that they have all this yet. 
Jesus. Jesus had all things. Jesus had all things that every time he needed to pay tax. <laughs> it's all things that will tell Peter, go to this place, open the mouth of a fish. You will see a coin in there. That is what we can pay our taxes. That's and until our mind change and understand how God operates, the faith operation of God. You can access all things, but it does not mean you physically have the all things. But you have the power that will bring the all things at the time of his need. Amen. This world can bring you cap, but you may not need car right now. Oh, I don't know if I'm But the hour of need, when the car is needed, this world will bring the car. Is there everything that Jesus needed to ride on the donkey? It's not everything. But the hour of need, when they have to fulfill prophecy and ride into Jerusalem triumphantly on a donkey and the asses go, you need a one year old donkey, baby donkey. What did he say again? He's like, you know, Peter is sending the errands. No wonder Satan desired Peter. Because of office. 
that you must begin to show in your life. I will see it. That will begin to show in your life that you know that you are making steps up the mountain. Let's see, let's just see a few of it. Verse 5. And besides this, giving all diligence to add to your faith, what? You see, faith is the base. Remember, he said the like precious faith. This faith is the faith of the Son of God. Add to your faith, what? Virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. Knowledge. Also, then knowledge, to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, what? Godliness. Let's pause there. Explain what is godliness? Can somebody help me? What is godliness? Character, like God. Are you saying that? Why did they not start with godliness? It means that, no, you are not godly yet. You are learning faith. A time will come when you journey, let's say you are getting to halfway the mountain. You will now start being like God. Did I say godliness? It means that when a man is becoming godly, you can use to mark your time that I'm getting close to charity. Are you seeing that? You now need to mark, you can use, you can use those gauges, you can use those, those, uh, those, those marks, you know, it's like a 200 meter hurdle race, those hurdles. You can use those hurdles to know that you are making progress towards the end of the mountain. By the time a man starts getting godly, you will start smelling charity. What did I say? By the time you start getting godly, you will start what? You will start smelling, you are nearing charity. Meaning you are approaching the season of the end of the mountain. That charity is also its own journey. It's not just that I'm charity now on the top. No, if you follow after charity, it has its own place, its own journey on the mountain. Oh, these apostles were skilled. They started laying down the markers. So if you are too hot tempered and not temperate, <laughs> you are not even God, forget godliness. <laughs> eh? Excuse me, what cost Moses his life? What cost Moses his life? Anger. The smoke pulled up. Because of that, he did not enter into, he not even enter the promised land. Because of that, both Satan had Satan had days to come and wrestle his body. So before you start talking about godliness, are you temperate in all things? Cool your temper. Calm down. Forever. <laughs> Calm down. A temperate man will not be quick to judge. A temperate man will. You know, a temperate man will look at the old man and say, wow, okay, this thing is too obvious. But wait, calm down. Amen. That's temperate. Being temperate. Do you know why? In another place, Paul was talking about these marks in Christ. And then there was now something he said about forgiveness. He says, forgive one another, even as Christ also forgave you. 
Do you know what it means? It means that even if you've resolved that somebody offended you, Jesus said that 99 times out of 100, forgive the person. Thank God. I cannot say 100, 100. So that because there's still a little bit of space for God's vengeance, or God will give you wisdom how to address a matter. And so let me not just close the, the case like that. But it means that by default, by default, if you are faced with a matter of offense, your first start, stance, your first what? Your original stance is to do nothing, is to forgive. And it will take a temperate man to do that. Because the temperate man will first act after a fact he has finished acting. <laughs> if that be what you mean, maybe I should have done that. Maybe he can be that I don't get the information. Maybe I should have. So you first have to learn being temperate in all things. Cool your temper. It's difficult, isn't it? Amen. It's difficult. Because it's always a move to answer back by nature. Temperate. Then what? After temperate, patience. A man who is becoming temperate will now start learning patience. These things, these things are not are they easy. They're not easy. Why do you think they say it's grace first? It's grace. <laughs> they have to tell you it's by grace. It means by yourself, you cannot do these things. You will need grace to be able to put on Christ. What did I say you need? You need grace. Now, patience. Let me say, ah, patient too. No, you're not. Don't know what patience is. Some people say, ah, I'm waiting on the Lord. He has not answered me, so what should I do? That he has not answered you is an answer. Wait. <laughs> Are you seeing that? And then action is an, is an action. And then action means that I actually choose not to do anything yet. Maybe it's not the time. So, it, patience is difficult. To be patient. To wait and wait and wait until answer comes. Until judgment on what to do comes. And concerning my matter, don't find a second opinion until. Sorry, let me not put it that way. You can get a second opinion from your leaders, from your pastors. Let me correct that. Amen. But don't have a second opinion. Don't go and do your own thing. Don't go and make your own plan when answer has not come. It's not easy. We make mistakes here. Over. We are always still making the mistake as we are speaking. Patience is a high dimension of Christ. By the time you are becoming, you have learned dimensions of patience. The thing is transforming into you are like God. It's transforming into godliness. These are markers of the Spirit. Are you seeing somewhere that they are stretching us? They are stretching us. Somebody say everlasting. It sounds like elastic. <laughs> I say stretch. Everlasting. 
blessing you. They are making it have more capacity to endure to last. Amen. So, let me just say a few things. Christ is life. Father is everlasting life. God is eternal life. You know that. But Christ, in the dimensions of Christ, Christ is life that will be turning into lasting life. And the perfect Christ is the everlasting life. I don't know if you hear me. A time came when Christ was a perfect Christ. He said to Philip, Have you been with me this long? If you have seen me, who have you seen? Hey. It means at that dimension, Jesus had everlasting life. <laughs> to get everlasting life in three and a half years, you need people like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Yes, you need some kind, some special kind of breed of souls. That's why nobody can do it in that time. I don't think anyone can do it in that same kind of time span that Jesus. I don't know. Because that those so far is what Jesus every day bullets. <laughs> After a while, they graduated from bullets to draw on that draw. Bombs. You know people I want to 
and you know it's it's true. When when I remember back in Waco, sometimes when they see me, you know there are some of those garden snakes. And they want to kill them. The stone, you try and stone them. And I always know that they never die in the first stone. You stone them. You will now recall. You now do this again. You now stone it again. You have to keep stoning them. And then you now stone them. You have to ask them, oh, it's dead, it's dead. You now sit and do it. You know what I mean? after you feel you kill Sassit and your soul, still stoning them, just make sure. You get me? And then cut the hair of money. So it's a lot of processes to deal with him. Do you know why? Hear me, somebody. Do you know why the Jesus will say, Whosoever puts his hands on the floor and looks back is not fit for service in the kingdom of God? Do you really know why he says that? It's because you can retrace yourself back. Who know you overcome Satan? But you still kind of know how to go back to, to that life. The knowledge is still there somewhere. You don't know your subconscious. You're already Christ, too. You're already developing. You're already bouncing out of the other. I've made up my mind to go God's way for the rest of my life, baby. But you still know somewhere. You still have the wisdom of how to trace yourself out. So Jesus will say, don't look back. You know, when you look back, you remember all the steps to go back. <laughs> Don't look back. Follow on to knowing of the Lord. Follow on to know the Lord. He's going forth to prepare as the morning. It shall come to us as both the early and the latter rain. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I think waters, waters of life. Uh, flowing is Christ. What of Christ is flowing upon us this morning? Let's see it. Um, well, Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in what again? In knowledge. Not so. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. After the image of him that created him, colon, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor circumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all. So this new man is who? Is Christ. And how does Christ come? Knowledge of him. Not so. And what does this knowledge bring? It starts from verse 12. This is what the knowledge brings. Again, these are the markers of your journey up the mountain. Amen. These are what? The markers of your journey, what? Up the mountain. Verse 12. Put on therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy. You know those bowels of mercy are? Those bowels of mercy are those graces. The effect of it is that you become merciful. But really, what it is, is what? It's not just that, oh, put on boys of mercy and you become merciful. No. It's actually put on waters of Christ. They are the boys of mercy. Stay with me. Let me put this. Hear me. Let's see Hebrews chapter 4. 
Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace. So what, what, how you find grace is when you have obtained what? Mercy. So a man who has obtained mercy, the result of the payment of a man who has obtained mercy is that knowledge, knowledge, waters of Christ, graces of God, come abundantly into the man's heart. And they, they make you joyful. They, they, that's when the beginning of the spring, last week I was, I was talking about the knowledge of God springing up. The beginning of the spring begins with the bowels of mercies. Meaning the many abundant graces of the abundant knowledge of God. Are we together in the house, please? Are we blessed today? The abundant what? Graces, abundant knowledge are those the bowels of mercy. They are what the bowels of mercy begin to spring up in your foundation. Everything else springs up from there. Everything else what? Springs up from there. Let's see that Psalm 87. Okay. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Are we being blessed? They are pouring Christ upon us this morning. It's waters. They are waters. Waters. They are pouring waters of life upon us this morning. Psalm 87, verse 1. His foundation is in the holy mountains. His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Now let's go down. Verse 7. As well as the singers, as the players of instruments shall be there, where in Zion, all my springs are in thee. All. Remember all things. Let us say all. 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 That is all my Christ. All my word is in thee. All my springs. And uh, I remember last week we were talking about how counting spring. Spring springs from beneath. Foundation, where you have a fountain is spring. Then you, you set it up from the grass underneath and you begin to spring up. So that mountain we're drawing, that we said is powered by the knowledge of the Son of God, is the springs. And you need a lot of it. Where those bowels? Why bowels? Bowels means bowl, bowl, container. Bowels is many bowels you can contain. It carries water. Bowels also. It carries. It carries waters. Also, a human bowel carries waters. Bowls. So it needs many waters. Put on therefore. Hold your elect. Bowels of mercy is in everything 
the strength, a man who has enjoyed mercy, a man who is boxing in waters of mercy, a, a man who has energy to suffer long. You need grace energy. Without grace energy, you cannot bear these fruits that we talk about. Without grace energy, a man cannot be patient. You need excitement for your patience. I don't know if I'm communicating. Okay, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting on the Lord. You're not doing anywhere, not too excited, not too, you're not doing no fellowship, fellowship is dry. You get it. So what are you going to be doing while you're waiting? <laughs> After you get tired of waiting, and you can't do your own thing. You need many things, you need many waters, more wells of mercy, to sustain, to energize, to grace, to give grant you the capacity for the weight. The capacity for the long suffering, the capacity for the forbearance, the capacity for the stretch of life. God wants to stretch us, but your stretch is your blessing. God wants to stretch us like elastic. Like elastic. I don't know if a nurse can confirm here. When they pull out the intestine of the, from the bowel, from the belly of the man, how long is it? You'll be shocked how that thing can fit inside somebody's stomach. Seven meters. Am I even, how many people are tall? Seven meters here. <laughs> there is something like seven meters from in your belly. Me, I'm not going to two, not only yes, one to two meters tall. Maybe 1.7, 1.8. Seven meters. It means the thing will stretch from here at least to here. And they put that thing inside your, your stomach. It means, are you seeing many stretch? Many elastic. It means a soul. And the Bible calls like it's the soul to a belly. I believe it's in Proverbs. Cause like is your soul to a belly. It means you can stretch. Or as I remember, when he says, I will feed your soul with what? With fatness. It means your soul can stretch. Your soul can elasticate. Your soul can stretch for more lastingness. For more life. So, everlasting life is the stretching of your soul into the everlasting. It means you need to drag past dragon. He prides himself that he has so he can stretch you and you break. <laughs> Until you met the father. He was not he was not joking. He was not the God that he was, he was talking against. Yeah, he wants to drag. Ah, uh, you have not seen any dragon. <laughs> I said you have not seen. <laughs> father will drag so much that all have seen are falling short of the glory of God. Satan will say, I have won. They will sing in hell. We are one victory. There is no man. No man. There is nothing. It's impossible. Every body on earth, every living soul on earth is under our authority. God is finished. God said, hey, no problem. I will bring my son. And the last thing I is that you can outwalk the dragon. You can outlast him. You can outdrag him. You can outstretch him. That when he has finished, you have just begun. And there's only one being who can help you get there. 
is the everlasting Father Himself, who is called the God of Peace. Amen. Can we see Romans chapter sixteen quickly? Verse 20. And it says, And the God of peace. Romans 16, 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet, what? Shortly. Means he will teach you why shouting. This will teach you how to outwalk the Satan, outdrag him. That when Satan's head, the, the tip of his head, when he has finished, you know, head is your last, your ending. Am I completing? When Satan has finished, your feet has just begun. Oh my God! Hear me, somebody. God can so raise us with life. That a time will come, Satan will bruise under our feet. That when Satan has finished, his wisdom has not ended. Your feet has just begun. <laughs> Amen. Ah, I don't know if someone is catching this revelation like I'm catching it. Amen. I said, God can so raise you up. That when Satan's wisdom has finished, he has finished all his wisdom against your life. To you, you have just started your living. It means that you have so, by that time, you are, you are a gracious being too. You have so much. Is it Satan that cannot go near God? What did I say? we say about God? That from far off, what are you feeling? Grace energy. It means the one that beats Satan is far off, still far from God. The energy means the knowledge. Because who conquered Satan was the world. Jesus Christ, who was the world made flesh. Who is the one that powers grace? So it means that Father, God, and what's his name? They are not mates. God, you never see God who never God never will address it. Any even came there to the sons of God meeting with Job. They are you coming for me. It means I don't even think of you when I'm trying to make decisions in life. <laughs> I that will be painful. You know what I'm saying? After all, I've done to scatter your creation, and yet you are there cool. And what are you coming for? So I'm throw up and down. Ah, have you seen my servant Joe? And if I was Joe, if I was there, I said, God, please don't see me. Don't be talking like that. Why are you just exposing me like that now? And so responsible. I love you, but I beg <laughs> But what was God intending to do to, to Job? God wanted Job to pass through dragon and bruise him under his feet. So the latter end of Job was better than what? The former. And even stronger. Lasting. Permanent. John, check it. How many years did Job live after all those days? 140 years, no more than that. 
and he had how many daughters, how many sons, cattle, everywhere. And those his daughters, it's what they say concerning them. They were so fine that you, if, if you are not a millionaire, forget it, also will come and greet Joe. <laughs> I said, that will come and greet Joe, don't call him. <laughs>
dealt with your heart and they've dealt with your mind. Nearly all your soul has been dealt with. Let's see. Uh, Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26. I'll begin to round up soon. This thing is too many. I want to start it. I was teaching Colossians. I was in Second Peter. I did not finish Second Peter. I went to Colossians. I have not finished the Colossians. Our time has finished. But I, I believe in my, in my spirit, while in a season of preaching Christ, even better. So, don't be surprised next week, I will start again with 2 Peter chapter 1. <laughs> of Colossians chapter 3, because I don't finish it. In fact, in Colossians chapter 3, we only did bowels of mercy. We are not going to touch you. All those things are revelations in there, teachings in there. All of those things have debt to them. There are many things to see. But let's just let's begin to wrap up for today. Let's see Isaiah 26. What does it say? I read from verse 1. In that day. This song shall be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. But to open ye the gates, that who? The righteous nation. See righteousness. Now there's one being who can never enter those gates. It's called Lucifer. He will never enter. So are you saying you walk with him before you enter the gates? It means his righteousness. It's your righteousness. Or let me use a better term. What do, what makes them righteous is what they keep. What do they keep? Truth. It means it's your word. It's the knowledge of God you are hearing that you used to walk with Satan in your heart and in your mind. Don't joke with what you hear. Don't joke with your knowledge. Don't joke with the grace. Grace is the energy of God. God is impacting you with the energy to walk in your mind. The Bible says, get up the lights of your mind. Not so. It's grace that will empower you the to war in your mind against the thoughts of the enemy. Now, let's finish this. Let's continue. That the righteous nation which prepared truth may enter in. Then, verse 3, another dimension. Thou would keep him in what? In what? Whose mind is what? Stay, fixated. And by, by, when your soul has rested on this mountain called God, this mountain we call faith, hope, and charity. Amen? This mountain we call what? Faith, hope, and when your, when your soul has rested on the mountain of God, with no turning, no variableness, no talks to turn, no shadow of turning. Whose minds are stayed on him, that is who the God of peace will bruise Satan under whose feet shortly. He will bruise who? Satan under his feet shortly. So we will journey and journey in righteousness, war and war and war, until we have entered peace. And at that time, we have overcome. But even after you overcome, you still have a war. That's the fact. A man that has to peace, just, his life has just started. I think so my life has not just started at all. I don't think it started yet. 
You say, ah, no, Pastor Jay, not the life you have. No, the life I'm willing to fight Satan. I'm not Christian. When I finish fighting Satan and I'm not to peace, uh, then my true life, which is kingdom life in the kingdom, in the sight of God, the will of God, the word of God, that's where my life will now begin. I want to prove this to you one more time. One more time. And we'll close. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Boys, 
Oh, you know, Pastor Dimitri, come here. There's some poisoning about you now. See, there's some poisoning. They are just like your sons in Lagos. Meaning they grow. They bless this Christ. They come into love in the Spirit, into charity. Amen. Then now, look at this. Verse 9. It's now time for the next one, meaning for peace. Peace walk. All what they've been doing since is righteousness. Christ. Righteousness labor. Righteousness labor to come into charity for the war of the Rudy Dragon. But now, it was now time for the prayer for them to break into peace realm. Praise the name of the Lord. See this. He says, For this cause, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of what? Of his will. In all, not some, how many? All. All. A man who has come to all is a man who has come to peace. A man who has come to all is a man who has come to peace. Now, some, uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe, I, I think I mean, maybe I can, but maybe if, I, if I don't describe it well, you can help us. The other time, where was ministry about how Satan uses our ignorance. That's actually where he lives. He lives in our darkness, our ignorance. That ignorance is actually an alternate knowledge. Not so. So imagine if a man has come to all. Are you hearing me? All wisdom and spiritual understanding. Imagine if a man has come to all. There is no space for ignorance. No space for darkness. There is nothing left in the Christ called a dark spot in him. Is that not somebody who has become Satan? It means there is no button Satan can press because you have come to all. It means you can see anything he tries from afar, you can tell it. Because he takes advantage and leverages our darknesses, our ignorance to get us. And so, as you are journeying in truth, as Satan will shoot you one bullet with your ignorance, then you now come for meeting, the Holy Ghost will now inspire the minister to shoot you back the bullet of light that will deal with the bullet of ignorance. That is the, that is the label. That's the war every week, every day. Until you have come to all. Let me tell you something we could say. It will not, if you still have 1% ignorance, you will use it. And that's why you have to keep hearing until you have come to all. Every time you hear, they are giving you another light to deal with the other darkness that they take a book to you with. Precept upon precept, line upon line, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little, until you come to all. In the realm of all, you are come to the now entry into the mastery of peace. Meaning you come into all places. Let's see it. It's here. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. It says that he, let's see verse 9 again, for this cause, we also since the day we had it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, semicolon, verse 10, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto how many pleasing? All pleasing. 
Excuse me, if you are able to do all pleasing to God, have you not made peace with God? Is that not peace? It means that there is nothing God may desire that you cannot do. Means there is no enmity left. There is nothing God may desire. Say, sir, um, I don't think that one is. I can do that one. I don't think that thing works. Is that not enmity? That's a disagreement. Enmity doesn't mean that you are tricking yourself with war. It just means that we know if we all have enmity, God will say something. We have the instruction that we will say, oh, man, God, you have to understand that we're working in progress. You know, just give me time. <laughs> Somewhere, what is that? Do you see that argument? Do you hear me? That argument is the enmity I'm talking about. You have not agreed yet with God's stance. When you come to all knowledge, all wisdom and spiritual understanding, then you'll be able to agree with all of God's stances, all the stands, all the stands, everything God, every opinion God has on every matter in life, you are coming to an agreement with every opinion. Amen. I said every opinion of everything that God has in life, you are coming to us an agreement with every opinion of God. Then you have made what? You have now made peace. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in how many good work? Every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. So increasing knowledge of God never ends. There is the knowledge of God you use and fight Satan and overcome Satan, and you will still be using that knowledge of God to do all pleasing. To now start a life that is without enmity. Thank you, our Father. Can we begin to appreciate God this afternoon? Many things have been said, and there are yet many. There is a cloud hanging over our head. Even in this season, I, I, I don't want to miss out on this season. The weeks ahead, the months ahead, there are many things that have to be said. Many things I barely even thought I've just seen. I have to be just be jumping and jumping and jumping. Can we begin to appreciate God this morning? Let's thank Him for what He is going to begin to do in our lives. How He's going to begin to help us. Uh, how He's going to begin to help us even in this Christ-like, in this development. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, King of Glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Thank you, Lord. 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 That will not be tired. We will not be weary. We will labor. We will war. We will war and overcome. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Grace and peace. Some of the stream will.
cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between.